covering the Orioles the only way we know how, as fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly centering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good, good, good. And uh, sitting in Bert's seat, I don't know how long, much longer I'm going to say, like, filling in for say, Bert or sitting in Bert's seat, but I'm going to go with this for a while. <laughs> we, we've never mentioned the fact that uh, Bert's been missing from the podcast for like a month. Yeah, let's just say, like, just this week, pretend like this is just the first week Bert's out. Sitting in Bert's seat today, we got Ryan Blake. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm happy to be filling in for Bert on his, his first time not here in a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mandy asked me today. Mandy asked me today. Yeah, Mandy asked me today if, uh, about our artwork and the show thing and says, at what point are you guys just going to remove Bert? And I said, I don't think any of us really know. I say, uh, I said maybe if like he doesn't show up by baseball season, we'll just like fade him out of the artwork slowly over a month or two. Yeah, I'll stop saying sitting in Bert's seat, and I'll just say here in the <laughs> podcast, here exactly. on the podcast. But Ryan, hi! I did it. We you joined, and we talked a little bit pre-show, but I didn't say hi, yeah. Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Oh, it's okay. Hi, Matt. It's, it's <laughs> lovely to be back with you guys. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to get into it. You were at the winter meetings, which is really cool because um, I obviously have never even been to the winter meetings. Even last year, they were close by, right? At, um, at the, in DC. In, yes. Last year, they were in Vegas. The year before, they were in DC. Oh, the year before that. All right. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be fun to compare uh, Ryan's trip to the winter meetings with your trip to uh, what, Winter Fest? Winter Warm Up this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I I had a really good experience. I went to warm ups. Uh-huh. I was. Um, that's a lot of travel. For, a lot of travel for Mike Elias because Mike Elias was out of winter meetings and made it back in time for the winter warm up. So good for Mike Elias. Right, good, uh, good for Mike. Getting those air miles. Yeah. Right. Hop on. Got to give a shout out to Sig as well. Sig was there in San Diego too. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to diminish Sig uh, in any way. Maybe they shared <laughs> fact, that private plan. No, of course. Yeah. And in fact, we did a photo shoot. Uh, me and Mike and Sig, uh, and and it wasn't a photo shoot with Mike. It was a photo shoot with Mike and Sig. I don't know if this is true in the winter meetings, Ryan. If you ever saw Mike, I don't know if Mike and Sig, wherever they go, they like ju- just go together. Like they're like little buddy buddy. Wherever they go, they go together. But I mean, we took our picture together because they were together at winter warm up. Now I wasn't at the so the the Manchester Grand Hyatt is where the meetings were held. That's where you know the the gathering of all the people who are anybody in sports were. Um, I did not see Mike and Sig together. Uh, anytime I saw them, it was individually. Um, so I don't know if they were just out minding their own business, doing their own thing. But uh, the closest I saw them together was at the same bar. We'd all gather at the hotel bar and, and have a good time. And um, and you creeped from yeah, afar. So they, they weren't really following each other around. I think they were doing their own thing. But they were both out there. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into uh, we'll get into the winter meetings uh, in a little bit. But I wanted to bring up Matt and I talked a little bit pre-show. Uh, and Ryan, we can get your thoughts on this because I was letting Matt know that today, I am completely today, against it from Jump Street, hundred percent against this. Today, December fifteenth, so many reasons. Yeah, I, uh, I, w- when the kids went to bed last night, I pulled out the Christmas tree, put it out in the living room, wrapped all the presents, put them under the tree, and pretended today was Christmas. So we had Christmas on December fifteenth. All, all right, now here's why. It sounds weird, but we leave, but uh, today's Sunday. My family leaves to drive up to Maryland on Friday after the kids finish okay. school this week. So we're not going to celebrate Christmas on a weekday. That would be a pain with work and school. We don't want to bring all the presents up to Maryland and then drag them back down to Florida 
So how else would you do it? We decided the best way to do it was the Sunday before. Ravens didn't play. I have a free Sunday for family time. And we celebrated Christmas this morning with the kids opening up presents and then playing family games all day as if it's Christmas morning. Now, what's, what's wrong with that, Matt? Josh, okay, there's about <laughs> because, 10 things wrong with that. Because some random person made a calendar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what you did is you had all your kids just open up presents, right? You guys didn't do Christmas. Christmas is – some people try to pull this nonsense with Thanksgiving as well. Like it's not like an arbitrary time. Like you can get together and have dinner whenever you want, and that's like – and you can open presents, Josh, whenever you want. Well, like more power to you. But Christmas, Thanksgiving, all these holidays fall on a single date, right? December 25th is Christmas. That's when it is. So you can open up presents early, but you're not celebrating Christmas because it's not Christmas. Christmas is Christmas. You just can't choose what day you want to celebrate Christmas on. I like thought, it is a day already designated no, it's for not. Christmas. It's a Christmas. Yeah. It's a Christmas season. The season of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah but there's a day for Christmas. It's December 25th. Uh, that's you just, just can't, you can't get to How do you think the 25th was selected? The 25th was day. Josh, I'll do it tomorrow then. Are you okay. kidding me? What would happen? Josh, you're trying to ruin the whole fabric of our society no. by just picking and choosing which days you pick to celebrate holidays. Whoever put you Christmas on December 25th started the lie. And he and Santa Claus got together and they made up a date. They said, hey, let's, let's make up this day and let's make up this big fat guy that can fit down chimneys that nobody has in their house. All right. Well, go ahead it's and make your own counter, up. Josh. All right, can you I- pick and choose your own holidays. So, all right. So, Josh, you brought Santa into the argument, and that's, that's where I kind of – that's where it gets weird for me. I oh, because you still believe in Santa? Well, no, but I'm 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 worried about your kids, Josh. My concern mm. isn't with selling the celebrating the holiday on a different day, but if the kids are you know in school or hanging out with friends and they talk about oh Santa already came to our house, but the other kids are saying well but Santa's not supposed to come until next week. Does that kind of is there a risk uh, there that they might find out about Santa Claus? Yeah, and, you're forgetting. You know, yeah, and for a little to? bit of, a little bit of context for Josh's kids, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, Josh's kids are the kind of kids who ride on the school bus um, in the third grade and tell everybody on the school bus that Santa's not real. That's Josh's well, kids. Well, you're also so. forgetting that I live in Florida now where everybody loves Trump and, and loves Jesus, and there is no Santa Claus in Florida. Fair. At least in okay, my neighborhood. So, so your kids are already beyond that point. Yeah, yeah. Kids, my kids don't believe in Santa. Uh, so. Okay. Then it, in that case, I, I really – Matt, I hate to – I hate to go against you here, but I really don't have a problem with it if it's convenient for the family in terms of travel arrangements and all that. I don't mind it. Okay. Yeah, we, we live in a society, an entitled right. society, where convenience trumps culture, trumps tradition, convenience does. So I'm glad it was nice and convenient for you, Josh. Enjoy that. Hey, Matt. <laughs> Matt, what did you and Emily celebrate today? Huh? We, 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 we didn't celebrate uh-huh. anything. Uh-huh. We, we well, out, yeah. Right. Not the nice happy hour at this nice restaurant yeah. locally. Just because we love each other and want to uh, go out, right, right. You had a baby. Was- you had a babysitter come over today. You were 15 minutes late to the podcast tonight because you and Emily <laughs> went to celebrate something that I don't think happened today. There was no. We didn't. We didn't tell anyone it was my birthday because it wasn't. Like there was no birthday presents exchanged. Uh-huh. There was no candles exchanged. My birthday was yesterday in celebration. I hung out with Michael Elias and Sigma Dell, the my two most important people in my life. Michael Elias, Sigma Dell. That's how I spent my birthday. Uh-huh. So today was just a nice dinner out. Uh-huh. I know Gigi came over to babysit you today so Emily could take you out for your birthday, even though your birthday was yesterday. So both happy birthday, Matt, and you lost that yeah. argument completely. <laughs> Again, my birthday was never mentioned the whole night out, okay? I'll just say that. It was a dinner out. And if, if you open presents, you're okay. Open presents. Did, did at any point, Josh, did you tell your kids? Merry Christmas at any point today? I said, Merry 10 days till Christmas. Okay, see, so, so you found a loophole. See, and, if you uh, ever said so that's too far. No we, uh, no, we said Merry 10 days till Christmas. We played Christmas music. We did the cinnamon roll thing. We, did it, we treated it all like Christmas. Okay. And so my, Josh, kids, my kids get two Christmases now. Don't you, they're, they're almost Jewish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but careful, Josh. Careful, because you're going to start a tradition here. Where this is how traditions get started. Now, forever, it it's going to be Josh Roca celebrates uh, Christmas 10 days before as a tradition, and then you celebrate it. The, you know, so you set yourself up for you, two Christmases but, every year now. But you were setting that up like it's a bad thing. Like some what? traditions are good. 
My family's never, you know what? My family's never really had a Christmas tradition because we've always lived so close to like you guys that it's always just been Soroka family traditions continue that now we get to start our own. So for now, Ellen, for now on, December 15th is Florida Christmas. Okay. Okay, fine. Enjoy that. Uh-huh. I'm marking on my calendar. Okay, put it on your calendar. Happy, happy Florida Christmas. I will see you in, a, in a next week for the real Christmas. Yeah, I'm not going to give you any presents, though, because you've already uh, celebrated and enjoyed. So no believe problem. that. All right. Well, happy Christmas. We'll celebrate the new year on the 21st. Yeah, see, now you're all off. <laughs> Ryan's right. got a new year on the 21st. Everything's, hey, everything's off. Everything's now 10 days ahead of time. That's pretty funny. You're screwed up for the rest of the year. All right, so that. I want to get into the winter meetings, but I yeah. also but let's start with that's, that's a whole here. that's I know that's why we got Ryan, but that's a whole week. You yeah. you had a big event of what two hours for the the winter winter warm up. Yeah, I thought it started at ten. It started at eleven. I got there a little early. Oh, I started thought it started at twelve. All right. Yeah, How I was got the weather. Ten, I got there ten thirty. It was. I mean, it was perfect. The weather was cold and wet, uh, rainy and cold, which is perfect for me. Because, frankly, I'm not a little sissy like Josh living in Florida. I don't mind cold weather. I don't even mind rainy weather. Like, I got a, I got a winter jacket. I mean, I got a uh, rain jacket. I'm good. And I got my two-year-old with me who, like, rain is the greatest thing in the world for him. There's puddles for him to jump in. He, like, cracks up laughing every time a raindrop drops in his eye. He thinks it's hilarious. So he's cool with, with being in the rain. And it means, Josh, you know, the, the thing I hate most in the world. I hate a lot of things. Yeah, I hate people. the Steelers. I hate the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox. And I also hate lines. Right. It's right up there with there. Um, and so there was, I think the final, the, the, the count total they put out was 1,000 people. Um, <laughs> That's rough. So there was, it was like no one there. So we could kind of walk around and do whatever we want. I love that it was at the stadium. It was at the stadium. So, you know, there was Silas. We went, got to see the statues, got to see the field, like bringing back all the memories, going to the games together. Um we we were there early enough where they gave I think like the first hundred people in line they gave a voucher to get a, a picture with Mike Elias and Sig Dell. so we were you know there a half hour early so we were one of the the first people in line everyone was like they you could tell Orioles PR was like on going over the top to be friendly and nice like I got in there for free as a Birdland member even though our uh, uh, pops never renewed his season tickets yet. They still let me get in for last year, even though they said you're supposed to renew your season tickets before you can get a free ticket into this. Yeah. But they yeah. but they let us slide for me. I understand. I understand the delay. Yeah, uh, and and then so, but the, they still gave me the ticket, and so it was just it was it was it was great. Went to team store. The team store. The lines were really long. Um, I felt a little ri- ridiculous because in the team store everything was half off. So you had like people with like their arms full of like shirts and sweatshirts and just Orioles stuff. And then I walked, I just got like, uh, I wanted Silas to pick out something for Faye, uh, his sister. So I just had a little hairpin for $4. <laughs> I was waiting this like half hour long line for my $4 hairpin while people had their hands full of stuff. But it was all, it was all kind of really nice. I saw some friends of the show down there. Um, our, our RDT from Barstool was there. I saw Kyle Andrews um, was there. The other guy, man, I'm blank on his name. Hmm, Josh, your boy. Uh, was that Berlin Radio? He's got a long name. It's it's not my fault. It's his fault for having a long name. Vantrusio, that's not his name. Ooh, Vaz, just, Vaz? Yeah, Vaz was there. And so I saw him. And so it was, it was uh, so you got to see some people. But it was, like, the crowds weren't there. Like, you could walk around. And it was a little bad because, like, there was all these stations were like of like Christmas stuff, like wreath making. The cereals. Yes, thank you, Ryan. And like there was a cool ice sculpture, but like there was no one there to go to these booths. Like all the booths were just open and empty the whole time. <laughs> but it was it was fun for me because we got to go out, kind of walk around wherever we wanted to. And I I was there for probably three hours, um, and it was good. I had a great time. Well, that's cool. Yeah, when I got my picture taken with um, Sig and Mike, I told him, right? I told him what I told you that um, what, I, what I told him the podcast last week that I've been a, an Orioles. I'm 36 years old, um, 
and I've never seen a World Series. And so I said, right. I said this to Mike and Sig. I said, Mike and Sig. I said, Mike and Sig. I didn't say Mike and Sig. I said, Mr. Elias, Mr. Mydell. I've been a fan for 36 years, never seen a World Series. Like, do whatever it takes to bring home that World Series. And then I said, you have my permission to trade whoever you want to trade to bring me that World Series. And they laughed, and I laughed, and then I left. <laughs> and that was my interaction with Sig and, uh, and Mike. But they were, uh, it was just, a, and there was, and then there was a Q&A with Sig and Mike. But like, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who just sit there and watch Q&A. They played right. on the loudspeakers, so you could hear from everywhere. Um, but yeah, real small crowd, but like a bunch of diehards. It was kind of cool hanging out with a bunch of diehard Oriole fans in rainy 40 degree weather. I don't know. I just I had a really good time. So, so I thought it was great. I would go every year. So for you, it was better than FanFest. It was better than FanFest for me. Because FanFest, like people go to that for the autographs. I could care less about autographs. Right. FanFest is a bunch was, of crap. Yeah, there was no players, right? So that was it would have been cool to talk to players and see players. There was not a single player there. The only Orioles people there were Sig Meidel and Mike Elias. Like that was the only people associated with the Orioles. That that was a little bit weird um, to have an Oriole event with no players. Um, and again, but I know like this is but, all because Mike Elias's ego and he wants to make the whole organization just about him. So of course he had an event and he would be the only person to show up to the event. Classic Mike Elias move. I mean, opening but, day is kind of going to have no players also. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I get why they're doing it, I, but for me, as a guy who doesn't like long lines, who doesn't really care about autographs, who just wants like my, my kid to have a good experience and me to kind of get my little taste of baseball, it was perfect for us. Um, so I had a, I had a great time. My son had a good time. So yeah, I thought it was I thought it was perfect. And but again, like the rainy weather and the cold weather doesn't bother me. And I know a lot of people stayed away for that reason. Right. But they said they were giving out uh, blankets. Yeah. My wife is so annoyed because we already had one of these orange, bright orange Oreo blankets. Now we have two more. My wife hated the first one. I said, we're going to do with the other two. Um, but hey, I don't I don't have any. But they, I'll, I'll give you one um, when, when you come up here. It'll be your second Christmas present. Um, but, when, <laughs> but when they came, I think they were giving away blankets to the first 2,000 people. And when I left, it was close to the very end when we finally left. Um, and they still had boxes of these blankets, so they, oh. they didn't even have the two thousand blankets to give away. Oh, that's but, like yeah. that's like t-shirt nights in like the uh, early two thousands when you would get a t-shirt on the way in and a t-shirt on the way out because they were just trying to get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, the only problem was the only issue I had was the team store. Everything was like fifty percent off. It was insane. Um, like the line was insane. Everything in the team store, like that's where probably there was a thousand people at the event. I would guess like 500 people were at the team store. Did <laughs> so the, it was like, cause there was not all that much other stuff to do. So a lot of people were hanging on the team store. Did they hide like the good stuff at the team store? Was it all like Machado, Gaussman, Bundy jerseys? Yeah, no, there was, um, I mean, I know it was like a lot of boom, boom, a lot of Mancini. It was uh, like. Lot. And then, and then, of course, all the old school stuff, right? right. Promoting all the the Eddie Murray stuff, the Cal Ripken stuff. Right, well, that's good that they left all that out. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, let, let's see. They say they're going to be doing multiple events during the off season, so that's a good uh, good start. Yeah, I w- I would definitely go to that again. Like I would, and it's less lines in FanFest. You know, FanFest lines goes around the block. Like there's less stuff to do th- than FanFest, but it was more just chill and relaxed than uh, than FanFest. So I was I was a fan. Like I would not go to FanFest because the lines, because the lines and and all that stuff. And but I would go to, and I'm I'm weird like that because I just hate lines. But I would definitely go to this winter warm up again, as opposed to FanFest. And I, I like it being at the stadium. Like I like the ballpark being right there. I like going in Dempsey's and hanging out. I just uh, I don't know. I liked it. All right, cool. Now, yeah. Ryan, you didn't have the cold and the rain. You went That's to the true. winter meetings this week. Uh, was this your first time going to the winter meetings? It was, yeah, and uh, I I can't believe it took me this long. Um, it was honestly a, a super cool experience, not even as just a job seeker, but as someone who just loves the game of baseball. All right, yeah, because, um, I mean, we got to kind of talk about that, the fact that you went because you're looking for a job. So you're trying right. to get attention of some uh, baseball teams. But you're also going yeah, there, so- like, as a fan uh, who's cover- who's kind of watched this for years and years. So tell us about, tell us about it. Yeah. So, you know, obviously my, my goal was to meet with as many teams as possible. I sent out about 300 emails to 
anybody who had some variation of scouting in their title on the front office directory. Um, so I was just trying to get in touch with whoever I could, find people who were willing to take even five minutes just to chat with me. Because uh, I'm still new to this whole thing. You know, I, I moved out here in September to pursue this, and it's the beginning of December. So, you know, I'm still trying to find my footing and really just meet with people. And, you know, there are a lot of guys in suits walking around who are far more qualified than I am for, you know, real jobs with teams, which is why I was just kind of, like I said, trying to start to build a little bit of a network, get to know some people. But, you know, as a fan, it's just it's a super cool experience. I mean, the, the day I got there, you know, I walked over to the hotel because I was staying a little bit off uh, the property because it was cheaper. Um, but I, I walk up to the hotel and I, I turn the corner and the first person I see is Jim Leland standing outside smoking <laughs> a cigarette. And I was like, this is baseball. <laughs> this is what it's all about. And, uh, it's just, you know, baseball people walking around all over the place. I had a drink at the bar and then, you know, 15 minutes later, I realized Rock Kabatko standing right next to me, you know, drinking, drinking something over there. Um, I shook hands with Peter Gammons and Jim Tomey and, uh, you know, Harold Reynolds and just people walking all over the place. Uh, so it's, it's really I was kind of starstruck in a way, but at the same time trying to be a little professional because I was trying to, you know, get to meet with these teams. But all in all, it's like I said, I, I can't believe it took me this long and I, I can't wait for the one next year. Now, now you went because you're looking for a job. How many people are there just kind of wandering around because they're fans of baseball? Really not many. Um, I saw a handful of people who were there just kind of taking the experience in a few people who were, you know, autograph seekers trying to walk around and, and find some people. But for the most part, it was people like me who were wearing, you know, a tie and a sport coat and nice shoes walking around and, you know, shaking hands with people, passing out resumes and business cards that whoever will take one. Um, so it, it really is a lot of, of people going around trying to find jobs and then lots of media personnel, a lot of front office personnel, just really all in the same area, you know, a lot of people doing their own thing and, and, you know, trying to get to know one another. Now I imagine to get into certain areas, you need a badge or something, right? Um, yes and no. There was like a, there was a room that was designated for media where they had a bunch of tables set up and people had their laptops and all that. Um, and then there was the PBEO job fair, which, uh, going into it, I thought that's what I was going to do. Um, but I had so many people tell me that it's not worth the money. It it costs a lot to, to register for that. Um, so in terms of job seekers, you kind of had two different types. There were the people who were at the job fair trying to get, you know, a ticket sales job with a minor league team. And there were people who were wandering around the lobby meeting with teams and setting up interviews with front office people trying to find a job, you know, with a team. And that's, you know, so there are two different ways to go about it. You can register for the job fair and go that way, or you can reach out to teams on your own, which is what I did and, and try to, you know, meet people through that. Gotcha. And Matt, you have any desire to go to the uh, winter meetings and, and walk around like that? And then just uh, randomly run into people at the bar. I don't know. Like, uh, and Ryan seems like a pretty cool guy. Like, for for me, even like meeting Mike Elias and Sigma Dell, like that's enough for me to like be like I I uh, I don't know. I'll just stutter. Like, I got nothing to say to you. Um, like, I'm I'm totally into the the, the starstruck moment that the second I see someone um, at all related to baseball. But Ryan, you mentioned about sending your emails out to to all the teams and you had a tweet uh, this must have been a few days ago about putting the wrong team name or so, or something um on on right. the email you mixed up the was, giants or dodgers or something like that yeah it was just like the most relatable tweet because <laughs> like i don't know i my job i've applied for a lot of jobs and like there have been times because you write that cover letter over and over again and and I know there's times where I forgot to change one of the names on the cover letter. So I feel like everyone has been down that road where they've they've done something like that. But can can you, can you talk about that uh, about tw- about that tweet and what happened? I think he's got a poor Skype connection. Yeah. So essentially, what I was doing was, you know, I had the box. Tell me when I can go. I don't know if we're on here. Yeah, you're good. You're good now. You just, I'm good right now. Like, it's just a little. It was a, a delay for a second, but I think we're okay now, right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So, um, yeah. So I I had a body of an email that I was sending out to all the teams, and um, all I was doing was addressing them individually, and you know, in the body at one point I said I'd love to meet with somebody from the blank organization, and I was going through all thirty teams with the same format. 
uh, and attaching my resume and, you know, a couple other things. Um, so I, I finished up with the Giants and I then went to the Dodgers and I looked up the Dodgers front office directory and I started sending emails to Dodgers personnel and I had forgotten to change Giants to Dodgers in the body of the email. So I sent, it was either seven or eight different Dodgers executives an email uh, that said I would love an opportunity to meet with somebody from the Giants organization. And uh, it wouldn't be as much of a gaffe if it wasn't two teams that hate each other. But right. uh, needless to say, <laughs> I did not hear back from anybody with the Dodgers. <laughs> with with information for someone from the Giants. Yeah, I, 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 right. I, I understand all this. So. so how did the uh, how'd the cold e- emailing go? You said you sent out like 300 emails. Did you get some meetings? Yeah, I did. So I, I met with uh, nine or ten different teams uh, throughout the week. Um, and then, you know, a couple other people that I kind of met along the way. Um, but yeah, I was, I was lucky to hear back from a, a good amount of people considering I felt like I was so late to the party and getting those emails out. But, um, yeah, I, I heard back from probably 40 or 50 people. Uh, some of them were, you know, I'll forward this to whoever it may concern. Some of them were, you know, I wish I was at the winter meetings, but I wish you the best of luck. Please reach out if you need anything. And a handful of them fortunately were, you know, yeah, I'll be there, uh, here's my cell phone number, shoot me a text when you get there on Sunday and we'll try to set something up throughout the week. Um, so each day I had, you know, three or four meetings and it was, uh, you know, I didn't walk away with a job. I didn't really expect to. Um, but, uh, all in all, it was, it was awesome to meet with some different people, you know, different people who have different roles in scouting with different organizations and, uh, you know, just kind of keep building a foundation that, that I moved out here to build. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and, and uh, a lot of that is just put your name out there, right? And and, right. and building that that contact list. The you know it's interesting that you're looking for something within within scouting uh, with the Orioles. A lot of has been made <laughs> of Michael Elias and some decisions related related to scouting and kind of where to kind of put that scouting emphasis on. But uh, like, uh, I, but I don't know how this is because I'm very Orioles centric. I don't know how this is playing across baseball um ryan in your experience is like are the orioles typical in how they approach and view scouting or does each team kind of take a different approach on what they're looking for in with it with for 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 a scout yeah every team's pretty different um you know obviously with, with someone at my experience level you kind of have to build your way in you know from the ground up and um so you know there there are different teams like the rays for example have a scout developmental program where mm. you know you're working with an area scout doing everything an area scout would be doing. Um, but it's a developmental role to see if you're worth a position with the organization. Um, a lot of teams start scouts as video interns going to minor league games and setting up the video cameras and charting the games on whatever application they use. Um, so every team, you know, some teams are similar. I, I don't really, I didn't hear, I only heard back from one person with the Orioles. So I, I'm not, I can't give a very good answer as to where the Orioles stand in relation to other teams. I know that they've done a huge overhaul of their scouting department in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you really have to build from the ground up and hopefully I can latch on with an area scout somewhere and, uh, you know, get to know what they do and, you know, learn an area, whether it's Phoenix or if I have to relocate to, you know, New York city, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, as far as, I mean, speaking of the Orioles, I mean, based on what they've made as far as coaches, I don't know about scouts, but just based on their new coaches, it seems like age-wise you would fit right in because it seems like all their new new hitting coaches are like with are are are, are in in their twenties, still have baby faces. So uh, there's definitely like a younger uh, a youth movement within the Orioles coaching ranks. I don't know if that bleeds over to scouting as well. I'm not sure. I would, I would say it does to an extent, um, you know, a lot of people trying to get in on the ground floor, like I mentioned, and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, with the, with the Orioles, a lot of these new scouts and coaches are, are getting younger and younger. And, and I think that is a real telltale sign of how the game's been changing, you know, all these analytics coming on and, you know, the old school way of scouting has started to fall by the wayside a little bit. And I think that'll always be around to an extent, but it, there's definitely something to be said about the younger people who have you know grown up with the evolution of the game and, and really yeah. understand these these advanced things that are going on it's true because you're not kind of retraining yourself this is we've grown up with the sabermetrics so it's not like you have right. to yeah retrain yourself right. it's a good We're, point right you know how to use a computer yeah, you're not sitting there back there with a little notepad and a pencil. Yeah and if yeah. you don't think Ryan knows how to use a computer just uh, he's got the the coolest 
Twitter handle on all of, of Twitter, right? I mean, the world <laughs> fan problems. I'm telling you, that's the best Twitter follow on, on all of Twitter. Right. But I'm or, guessing, it's been you're, fun, man. guessing you're not telling any uh, team scouts about that, that one. Oh, man. You no, should. no, no, no. Well, <laughs> it depends so if you're going I for PR. I... <laughs> yeah. Well, Kristen Hudak interacts with that account all the time. She, she'll like my tweets and quote them. And it, she doesn't follow me, but she, she interacts with my account all the time. Um, but even, you know, I was at the bar and, you know, I, I was waiting to, waiting to hear back from a guy I was supposed to interview with. And that's when I realized that Rock Kubaka was standing right next to me, right as I was about to leave. Um, but Rock follows the Orioles account. He follows Orioles fan problems. And um, I didn't want to introduce myself as Orioles fan problems. I don't know <laughs> if he knows me as Ryan Blake, but, you know, I shook his yeah. hand, told him my name was Ryan and I was an Orioles fan and it was cool to run into him. But I don't like to introduce myself as much as I love running that account. I'd rather just introduce myself as Ryan, you know, especially in a, in a setting like that. Right. A setting like that, what you're supposed to do is take the creepy photo of Rock, tweet that <laughs> from Orioles fans' problem, and move on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was on his second or third drink. He's a, he's a trooper. It sounds like uh, from, from talking to you and from talking to other people who've, who've done these winter meetings things that a lot of action happens at the bar does this like so? My vision of of winter meetings is you have meetings during the morning, and then starting mm-hmm. about like three o'clock, everyone's just at the bar. Is that an accurate depiction? I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> there were there were a lot of people hanging out at the at the hotel bar. You know, you've got the corner where all the executives are hanging out, and you know, Mike Rizzo, the Nationals, is there. Mike Elias, you know, is there just who's one bar, like one hotel bar? There's, bar with all that. Yeah, there's one hotel bar, and it's a it's a pretty big room the way they have it set up. Um, but you kind of have your corner where the executives are, and then the body of it is a lot of the job seekers um, with a few a few other people intermingling. But then you've got a little little tiny corner where like a lot of the media people are hanging out. Like the barstool guys were there, and Greg Amsinger and Harold Reynolds came down from their MLB Network set, and they were hanging out over there. And uh, the Cespedes family barbecue guys, you know, talking to all the reporters that they know, and um, so yeah, it's the the bar was really the place to be. Uh, I missed out my first night. I but. mean, that's how business conventions are. I don't know, Matt. You're a teacher. I don't know how teacher conventions are, but I know it's the same type of thing. Like when I go, I have to go away uh, for like work and, and any conference or conventions. Like work will get done on the show floor and everything, but then it's it's all of the handshaking and the catching up and the little off-topic, conver- off-the-record conversations are all happening at the bars around the place. Yeah. Yeah, and I always find, because I just recently went to, you know, Ryan goes to Winter Meetings, which is awesome. I went to the NCTE convention here about a month ago, the National Council of Teachers of English, so not oh, quite as cool fun. as the Winter Meetings. But it's it's the same deal, but I, I, I hate it so much, Ryan, and, and, and maybe you're better at this than, than I am, but I feel like every interaction that I have with someone, it's about, you know, creating those contacts, but it's, it's always like, there's clearly, I want something out of this interaction from you, you want some, uh, something out of, out of this interaction from me, and I just feel like the whole time, like, we're all just kind of doing small talk, but really, we just want something out from the, like, we just want to get something out of it from the we just want something from the other person, right? Like we want, whether it's a, a contact information or whatever. Um, but I've, that's how I felt in my experience that I'm meeting all these new people, but like we have these agendas and they're like just below the surface. So we never really talk about the agendas, but all of us have them for why, why we're there. And I, I personally, I have trouble with that. I just want to kind of, I, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, how, how is it for you, Ryan, going up there, knowing like this is, you, you have to put yourself out there. Is that, I imagine it's a really hard thing to do, right? It is. And and because of that, I kind of shied away from that in the bar setting. Um, you know, I wasn't going to go up to, uh, you know, Sig Dell while he's sitting having a drink with Brian Kenny and, and try to talk to him about, you know, me trying to get a job as a scout. Because that's, you know, that's all the stuff that happens during the day. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, for that reason, But if I you kinda... can sneak your business card into that back pocket when he's not paying attention... Later that night, he'll empty his pockets in the hotel room and say, oh, Ryan Blake. That's give you a call. That's very true. Speaking of business cards, it's another weird experience um, making a business card and handing them out for a job that you don't yet have. Yeah. I've never had to do that before. Well, I, you, I made a business card that had amateur scout. Okay. Gotcha. And then at the bottom, I put uh, that I had completed the, the scout school that I went to in, right. in October and that I was willing to relocate anywhere. Um, 
but I just had, you know, my, my cell phone, my email, and, and that was about it. I should have put a little insert team name here line. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, on there. but I think that's, that's part of the deal, though, right? And I would imagine when they're looking for a scout, they're looking for someone who is, who is like not, who does not have a family, right, to tie them down. They're looking for someone who can travel. They're looking for someone who is willing to like give up all their free time just to to their job that they'll get underpaid for. Like they're looking, I would imagine, for a specific type of guy, right? right? Guy, and, guy that traveled to the winter meetings on his own dime. Yeah, so I think willing to travel kind of speaks to that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's one thing that I thought really would bode well for me with meeting with teams was you know everyone seemed to be very impressed by the fact that I was willing to quit my job in Maryland and move across the country for a job that I didn't have. Um, and you know, they, they like seeing that initiative. They, like you said, you know, people who are willing to do whatever it takes to, to get in on the ground floor. And, and that's what I was telling teams is that, you know, you'll find a lot of people who might be more qualified on paper than I am, but you're not going to find a lot who are more willing to put in the grunt work to, you know, get to where it takes. All right. Uh, big news out of the winter meetings were this year was that players were actually signing, which was different than last year. But then it also came out with more weird stuff about uh, <laughs> about Major League Baseball threatening to just shut down the minor leagues altogether. We had uh, uh, we had a whole episode talking Adam, about Adam this Paul, with Adam yeah. just a couple weeks ago. Was that conversation? Did you like hear much about? Was that like the under? topic going on at winter meetings about minor league ball and that whole relationship yeah i wasn't hanging around with a lot of the media people so i i wasn't really privy to the the inside scoops um you know the closest i got was watching john Heyman tweet the breaking news that anthony rendon had signed with uh the angels uh and i was actually in the background of his shot on mlb network um but <laughs> as for you know as for the minor league stuff i i didn't hear a whole lot about that um, you know, there were separate meeting rooms and media rooms where I'm sure a lot more of that discussion was going down. And I was really just spending a lot of my time in the lobby. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm tired of, I'm tired of Rob Manfred. I mean, the fact that he's just, even just that he's threatening to, to peel away from the minor leagues, I think is ridiculous. I mean, I personally love minor league baseball. I think it's, it's important to the game. I think it's important to organizations and I don't know. I'm just, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, I, I think one of the takeaways for me, hearing the minor league respond, I don't know who that is responding, but I guess the, the minor league system responded in some way. Um, but, like, they're not going to take away, and just hearing I, I, Adam Pohl a couple of weeks ago talk about too, if they're going to actually eliminate some, some minor league teams, it's not going to happen without a fight. <laughs> there's going to be right. a lot of people upset, a lot of communities upset, and there's going to be like a lot of upset people if they go through with this, um, like on, on a, and not just on a local stage, but on a national stage. Uh, so I think it's going to be like, he might be, I don't know. I, I just think, I don't know if they're really prepared for the pushback. that's going to happen if they actually try to go through with that. So I'm skeptical that it'll, it will even really happen. I don't think it'll happen either, but it's definitely, you know, the fact that it was even brought up is, is frustrating and, yeah. you know, like you said, there's going to be a lot of backlash. A lot of people are going to be unhappy, and not just with the minor league stuff, but you know the idea to put a runner on second to start extra innings and the three batter minimum. You know, they're not going to destroy the game of baseball, but they're not going to attract any new fans either. You know, if they're trying to shorten the game, making a baseball game two hours and forty five minutes instead of three hours isn't going to bring in any new fans. It's just going to frustrate some of your current ones. So I don't, yeah. I don't really know what his idea is here. Yeah, and 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 a lot of the, the these baseball rules, like the three better minimum, I mean, I think we're talking more, you know, cutting down a three hour game to two hour and fifty seven minutes, right? Like, like yeah. three minutes, like, and and you start, you know, cutting out all these small things, and and they add up to maybe five fifteen minutes if you're lucky. But then, what have you lost as far as the entertainment of the game, the value of the game? These, yeah. So I don't, uh, you know, I mean, if exactly. if. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't think it's, it's a not big even. Deal. I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I and I and again, like I would go back to this, and this is what, like, the original discussion was not about the length itself anyway, but about the pace of play. And I'm all about getting these Yankee pitchers who take an hour between pitches to hurry up and throw the ball. Like, let's talk about that. Or if you really want to address the problem, like, let's get rid of some of the commercials, um, and 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 approach it that way. I don't know when you don't need to 
mess with the integrity of the game. I don't know why you would by rule changes. That just seems you're barking up the wrong tree there, but I don't know. It's just nitpicky. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I tend to agree with that. Uh, well, Ryan, we are rooting for you in your, in your job search. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's that very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really kind of impressive. Um, it's really impressive that, that you found something you want to do and, and you jump all in for it. Uh, you jump all in and, and go for it. I think there's a lot of people who, who kind of lack that courage, right? Who like to see something and they kind of want to do it, but then don't have the guts to actually go for it. Um, and so however this turns out, right? However this turns out, like it just, it's kind of impressive on you as a human being that you just kind of went for it. So like props to you for, for, for doing that, Ryan. I think that's really cool and impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, call it courageous if you want. Call it stupid. I'm <laughs> running out of money, but you know it is yeah, what it is. It, I took a leap. Yeah, it took a leap of faith, and I'm uh, so far. I'm 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 happy with the decision. So we'll we'll see where it takes me in the long term. Right. We'll give yeah. you we'll give you a couple people, years before we assign adjectives to your decision making. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll call it courageous. Someone like your mother might call it foolish. It just kind of depends on the perspective, right? That's fair. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, I assume your parents are supportive of it if you're out there and and all this. Yeah, are you? They, are. they are. They are. Okay. I'm 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 very lucky to have the parents. All right. Uh, all right. You want to get some ravens? Yeah, let's get into some ravens. Uh, did we lose Ryan? We may have lost Ryan. If Ryan wants to stick around and talk ravens. He yeah, can, but he's dropping Every in time out, we lose so Ryan sure. for a little bit, he just like, I think he like throws his computer in the air and like flips it around yeah. and like moves to a different seat on his couch. And then all of a sudden he has a better connection with us. So right, right now, Ryan, flip your laptop around and, and move seats in your couch or something. Hey, like, yeah, yeah, you do. Real quick, before but, we get to Ravens. Yeah. Do you care about Brandon Bailey or Michael Rucker? The two guys that the Orioles pulled out of the Rule 5 draft? One from hey, the listen. Astros, one from the Cubs? Well, I tell you what, we... Only have three starters right now. Right. Right? We have um, – and then one of them, like, I, I, I'm uncomfortable saying we have three starters because people are assuming Alice Cobb, who hasn't pitched in, in over a year now, is going to be one of our starting five, which I think right. is – All right, fine. Fine. We have two. We have John yeah. Means. Yeah. And uh, – Wojciechowski. Oh, yeah, Wojciechowski. And, uh, no, what's, we've got another guy from the minors who's going to get a, get a chance to start. Keegan Aiken, you're speaking. Yeah, of. there you go. Three guys. Okay, and I think the quote from Michaelis was like he wanted like seven or eight guys to compete for the five starting spots. So I think Bailey and Rucker are the guys that could either compete for a starting spot or be moved into in, in the pen. All right. But both have connections to ba- Bailey with the Astros, Rucker with the Cubs. So you can see the connections to Elias and to Hyde. Yep. Like. And they're pitchers, and we lack pitchers, so it all makes sense. And Hopefully, they turn out to be good. And that's kind of like, what you need a, for rule five. Yeah, but guys. there's not a history of like rule five guys turning into great starting pitchers. Nope. Like, there's not that track record. So I'm skeptical, but but we'll see. Right. Um, what about uh, them coming out and saying that Adley Rushman will get a spring training invite? Did that surprise I you? I don't think they said that. They said, he'll be, they said he'll be there early. You think it's because he's a catcher and they have a billion pitchers that need to throw? Yeah, and you need, always need bodies as far as someone to catch the ball. I don't think that means spring so you, training. Anybody. You think this is more like how Alex Murphy would always be down there to begin in the spring yeah. training before minor league camp kicked off? Yeah, I think it's exactly the same scenario. All right. All right. I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see. Yeah, that, but – but certainly, like, it's enough reason to go to spring training is just to see Adley Rushman catch balls. Like, that's reason enough for me to go. It is. I mean, we're putting an awful lot on this kid as far as the future of this organization. Yeah. Well, he's, he's going to be the World Series MVP, so. All right. So I, I think speaking that... of not Speaking of not futuristic potential MVPs, let's talk about current MVPs. How about that for a transition? All right. So Thursday night... Lamar uh, kind of locked in on the MVP. Yeah, it's not even fair what Lamar does to these under like, like we thought, and I, I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, Giants and after the Giants and the Bills, maybe these teams have figured out you know something to slow Lamar Jackson down, and then you realize no, like the Giants, I mean I'm sorry, the 49ers and the Bills are just two really good defenses, 
And so they were able to slow Lamar down a little bit. But now that he goes back to playing average defenses, he just – I mean, it's its ridiculous. You, you kind of feel a little bit bad for the Jets because – you stop the run, they'll throw it on you. You stop the you know pass, they'll just run against you. It's just it's not even fair. But could you imagine the stats if Lamar played like all of he these doesn't games? Play, he plays yeah, he three quarters of games. Game. This is like the third or fourth. I think this is the fourth game this season where he's missed four quarters, which means technically he's played like 16 games or whatever it is. He's, he's played one less game he's yeah. been on the field for. It's crazy. Ryan, one of my favorite things is there's so many things to love about Lamar whether it's his age, the fact that he's younger than that LSU kid who just won the Heisman, or whether it's the fact that he can you know, run like Mike Vick, or whether it's the fact that he actually is accurate and people thought he, he wasn't going to be accurate, or whether it's the fact that everyone thought like he didn't have what it takes to be a starting quarterback, and now he's... I don't know. I feel like everyone has like their favorite thing about Lamar, about Lamar Jackson. Uh, Ryan, what's your favorite thing about Lamar Jackson? I got to say, my favorite thing about him is just the excitement that he's brought to the Ravens flock or the city of Baltimore, um, the electricity that, that he's brought to the team and, and not just Lamar, but Lamar and Mark Ingram and Matthew mm. Judon and Hollywood Brown. It's, it's a really fun group of guys. And obviously Lamar is the anchor of that, but the excitement he's brought to the city, you see people walking around. I was at the, the Phoenix airport walking around in a Lamar Jackson Jersey. And I had people walking by me saying big trust. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Ravens fan. You know, you mentioned at the beginning, I don't know if it was on the show, but, you know, we were talking beforehand. I was a big Joe Flacco guy. Um, but I'm also not stupid. I can see that Flacco was not the answer after a while. He brought us the Super Bowl. He was very good for us for a while, and I'm eternally grateful for that. But um, it was time for a change. Uh, I wasn't convinced from the beginning that Lamar was the guy. I know a lot of people were. I'm not going to pretend I was one of those guys, but um, – you know, I, I always had his back. I was always rooting for him, and it's exciting to see, you know, what he's brought to the team. We're twelve and two. It's how cool is that? Yeah, yeah, it's so awesome. And and like and 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 I and I I did not. I don't know. I didn't have any strong opinions on Lamar either way when he drafted him. I thought it was great because I thought it showed we were getting younger and faster, and we were changing how we did things. So I was excited for the idea that Lamar presented. But even people who were all on board with the Lamar Jackson draft. No one could anticipate how good he would be in his second year. Like, no one, like, this is, no one was even talking about, well, you know, he's so good that he could be the MVP the second year. You know, he sees our quarterback. Like, no. So even people who thought he was good had no idea that he was going to be this good. It's incredible. Yeah, no, we were not talking change the game good. We were talking be decent, maybe up to, like, maybe, like, I don't know, Josh Allen caliber or Kyler Murray caliber, kind of like that, not, like, not as amazing as he is where this is his team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think, and I think Ryan's right. The, the excitement he brings when, when Bert's on here, um, if Bert ever comes back, one thing that Bert Who? always talks about Bert, he was our, our third co-host is, is when he was drafted, right. And the believe that about bringing a super bowl and, 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 and going to the super bowl um, and taking this team to the super bowl from the moment he's drafted, right. That's what he's talking about. And I guess like a lot of people talk about, you know, wanting to take their team to the Super Bowl, but then doing everything to, to yeah, be a leader. Like you just, every interview he gives, every comment he makes, like you just like him more and more. I've never seen a player who both performs like that on the field and then off the field. Everything he says like inspires confidence and like I don't know oh. if Lamar Jackson asked me to suit up there and 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 be running back and get hit by two hundred fifty pound linemen if Lamar Jackson asked me to do it I'd probably do it just because it's freaking Lamar Jackson. Yeah, all the post game interviews on Thursday night They're with him and Ingram. Great. Any of the any time that you see him on the sideline and he's not just sitting there on the bench like staring into space. Yeah, uh, he's, he, he's like yeah, he's laughing. He's having fun. When Ingram has a 20-yard run and Lamar Jackson is the first guy there to help him up off the, right. off the turf, are you kidding me? This kid's incredible, yeah. It's really special and really fun to watch. Yeah, that's how I feel. Every time I watch him, I'm like, like this is just – we're, we're just lucky and, to watch. Right, and the fact that that team – and it's all because of Lamar. The unity on defense and offense together, we've never seen that. We've never seen like – where it's not one side of the ball carrying the other and kind of some regret. We've, we, or not regret, but like frustration. We've talked about that in years past where 
the defense is so good, they've got to be frustrated that the offense like, can't just put up a few points. And here they're just all having fun. Lamar's praising both sides of the ball. Everyone's praising Lamar. It's just fun and like the clo- like uh, as much as a family atmosphere as you can possibly get. Yeah. Now, Ryan, Josh, like he does, this is classic Josh move. Something happens, Josh is excited, and he takes it too far. He always takes things too far. What did I take so Josh too far? Won. What's that? What did I take too far? Where are you going with so, this? Yeah, I'm saying, Josh, at this point, what you feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but you feel anything less than a Super Bowl victory would be a disappointment for, oh, for, for this team. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, you cannot be this good. You cannot be, win the AFC North. You cannot win the have the number one seed of the AFC go into into the playoffs. At that point, you can't accept anything but a Super Bowl. Ryan, do you think the expectations for this team, and specifically for second year kid quarterback Lamar Jackson, are a little bit ridiculous at this point? People like Josh saying anything less than a Super Bowl would be a disappointment. If if I had heard that statement at the beginning of the season that anything less than the Super Bowl would be a disappointment, uh, I would allow. Uh, at this point, with how this team is playing, I I can't disagree. I think we're the clear cut favorites right now. I think uh, we are the team that absolutely should come out of the AFC. I mean, we've already shown that we can beat the Seahawks and the Forty Niners. Uh, you know, maybe the Saints. Who knows? But um, and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at this, yeah, the Patriots. At at this point. I don't know how you can look at this team and say it, it won't be a disappointment if we don't win the Super Bowl. Because I, based on how we've played the last 10 weeks of the season, we absolutely should. We absolutely can and absolutely should win it. It's also, it's also because of Lamar and the attitude and the way Lamar plays that Lamar is going to be disappointed if it's anything else. Lamar gets frustrated if he runs for uh, 20 yards if 21 would have gotten him in the end zone. He, he doesn't accept anything but a touchdown. He gets angry with anything else, less. He's, every time, the first thing he says at the podium is, we got more work to do. I love the new playoff shirts that say the North is not enough. Because I, I, know, that's, I know that's probably an NFL-wide thing where they're going to say the West is not enough, South is not enough. I get that. But nothing like represents this team as much as those shirts right now saying the North is not enough. For weeks now, we've been hearing it's not about any of this other crap. It's about the Super Bowl. And like you said, we've been hearing it from the day Lamar was drafted. It's about the Super yep. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it, it ties into the excitement. Uh, we lost you again, Ryan. Going on. You know, there's, there's, so, there's something special happening with this football team. And I do want to say you might lose me here in a second. I think I'm, I'm running out of battery here. But, uh, oh, man. That might <laughs> right. I'm, out of, I'm, I'm running out of battery here. All right, Ryan. Thanks. You don't, I don't know if you'll, you'll get this, but I appreciate you guys having me on. on and <laughs> oh, he died. He <laughs> died. Exactly. Saying, he, he dropped out in the middle of saying his goodbyes. It's like his, did you cut him off, Josh? Did I, you hit the hang up? I did off? not hit the hang up button. If I would, if I was going to hang up on Ryan, I would have done it earlier than that. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious for him to go out while he's giving his goodbye. Yeah, but you should follow Ryan Blake on Twitter and follow specifically follow his Orioles fan problems. Fans uh, with a Z or problems with a Z, something like that. Search it, you'll find it. Can't miss it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Scott. All right. Yeah. Followers. Let's talk about Suggs. Yeah, Car- let's Car- talk about that. Cardinals released Terrell Suggs. He's on waivers now until Monday. Uh, clearly, Raven fans want him back. Clearly, he could help the Ravens in the pass rush department because we haven't been good there. Um, but that means no team. Like we, we are the best team in football, which means we are at the very bottom of the waiver list. We've yes. all gone through this in fantasy football, and it sucks because – you never, if you're at the top, you never get the guy you want because someone else grabs him. Yes. Is there any chance Lamar uh, Terrell Suggs comes and joins the Ravens on Tuesday? Well, and Suggs has come out saying like he wants to play for the Ravens, and, and he might walk away if anyone else tries to pick him up. Yeah. Now let's take this. Now I think this is interesting because even before he had this statement, I kind of had this conversation of you in order to be a team to take him right now. This is his final year. So 
you're not gonna it's not gonna be a bad team. It's gonna be a playoff team. Right, sure. All right. So can he help like if you're the Patriots or the Steelers, like those teams, I could see them te- those teams putting in a waiver claim on him to stop the Ravens from getting him, but I cannot see Terrell Suggs ever putting on either of those uniforms. Yeah, but what about like the Titans or the, uh, so, the Texans, right? right? The tech, the Titans are the one that scares me because Dean Pease is there. Mm. Now the Titans lost today, so I think that does well, but I think that still puts them in the wild card conversation. Yeah. So I could see them. I don't know if with them winning or losing. Uh, but helps. like, but like, but even if you're the Patriots and you see an opportunity to keep the Ravens, even if you know Terrell Suggs will never suit up for you, right? right? It, I don't think Terrell. I can't envision Terrell Suggs suiting right. up. As a patriot, but even if you know, like here, I'm gonna, I'll, 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 I'll pick up Terrell Suggs. He won't play, but he also won't play for the Ravens, so I'll pick him up. Right, and and we we've seen the Patriots do petty things. I mean, just last week they they were videotaping the Cincinnati Bengals, a, yeah, team, a, a, team, a one in ten team, a one in ten team. They had to do no prep work to beat, and they were still doing shady stuff. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth. I also. Like, tell myself, oh, well, Belichick is such a classy guy and respects, like, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and those big games that he'll just let Suggs come through and let the Ravens have him. But, no. You think it's, it's 100% sure that the Ravens want him? Well, that, I, that, that was going to be my next conversation with you. I yeah. think, I think the Ravens, I think, really I think the Ravens want him. Yeah. I think Terrell Suggs is a loose guy, a fun guy, and that kind of fit, would fit well with this, com- with this team. This would not be the Terrell Suggs Ravens. Terrell Suggs can come. It's still the Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram Ravens. I think he, he would fit in there. I think there's guys like Matthew Judon who immediately tweets out, come home. Yep. Like, yeah, a lot of people have expressed support on Twitter yeah. for... Anyone for who's him. played with Suggs knows Suggs. The guys who didn't play with Suggs still know that Suggs is like a Baltimore Raven legend. Yeah. Like he is a Hall of Fame caliber player. Uh he clearly won't play as much many downs when he's here because he's older. But would it be nice to have him in and have him in the film room and have him helping out some of these younger well, guys with what Yeah, the, even the practical I mean with the Bills and the 49ers the film study knows this better than I do. You probably know it's better than I do from conversation with film study. But I, I feel like the thing that was criticized for the Bills and the 49ers the most was a guy on the outside that's at the edge and they got the runs right. coming around the outside exactly. and no edge setter. And there's something Terrell Suggs has experience doing is setting a good edge yes. um, that's, that could actually help on the, on the football field. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think he and Bashadi had a good relationship. I know he and DaCosta yeah. had a good relationship. Harbaugh and him had a good relationship. So I yeah. don't see any reason for the Ravens not to – one yeah, back. Sense. I just cannot see him getting through thirty-two other te- thirty teams in order to get to the Ravens. Like, I know it's almost team, like you kind of wish the, or, the I'm sorry, the Ravens would have made a trade for him or something, where you give them like right. a conditional seventh round pick or something for Terrell Suggs. Right, and at the trade deadline, we were having that conversation of like of bringing. Why aren't the Ravens reaching out for Suggs? Because that could make a difference. Our pass rush is not good, uh, and they didn't do that. And, yeah, it totally puts me now, like, there's no way the Titans aren't making a claim. With Dean Pease yeah. in Tennessee? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And, and Yeah. Or even the Patriots or Steelers, just to stick it to the Ravens. Yeah. Right, right. But I don't think he'll suit up for Patriots or Ravens. But they can make or that Steelers, claim. Yeah. yeah, Steelers. They can make that claim and trust that he doesn't come here. I can see the Chiefs trying to make that claim. But it's just... I don't know. I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore, and I so wish he would. It would be so just so much fun uh, for uh, what week seventeen? That game's in Baltimore, right? Yeah, and if I don't know, and if this season wasn't oh, is that, is that the Steelers? Yeah, because yeah. we played there last time, I think. Yeah, so I think it's here, right? I'm not sure. I got to check that. But like we talked about it before when Ryan was here before he lost his connection and then said goodbye, but before he really said goodbye, was cut off. We were talking about the kind of this feels like kind of a special year yeah, for the Ravens. Week 17 is in Baltimore. Right. So this feels like a special year for the Ravens. And the only thing that can make this even more special 
is bringing Terrell Suggs yeah. back for a swan song back with the Ravens. It, it, you know, yeah. it just it, it feels perfect it's at that like, point. It's like it's exact it's like Ray Lewis coming back from injury on week fifteen or whatever. Whatever he did yeah. for that for that run where clearly you look back at those playoffs and that was the Joe Flacco like amazing playoffs and Super Bowl. That was Joe Flacco. But yeah. Ray, but the fun and passion of just and the excitement of having Ray back for that run was amazing, yeah. and I would um, love to do that Ray, with Suggs. Yeah, knowing Ray's not at the top of his game, knowing this is the end of his career, but but yeah, but and we're at kind of the same spot with Terrell Suggs. Like right. we don't expect him to be a, a three down uh, outside lineman getting sacks, you know, every drive. But it's something cool about bringing him back, and he can still be, I think, a productive player for us here in this stretch run. Does it so, make yeah, you, I think it makes Does it make you more annoyed that that he left? in the offseason and went to Arizona? Do you think he uh, thought he had more in the tank than he did? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I never knock a guy for going home, right? Like, I feel – I try to put myself in the shoes of athletes at some point. And, like, if I played my whole career with the Cardinals and I had a chance to go back to the Ravens where I grew right. up and was a fan of, like, I get that. And I would probably go back to where, you know, he played college in Arizona all yep. that stuff. So I get wanting to go home. I don't begrudge anybody wanting to go home. But now I'm sure he's like, oh, my gosh, I have a chance to play with the, mo- the MVP, the most excited player in football, and a chance to win the Super Bowl. Please, no one pick me right, up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and that was my question. Sure, like, going back, he, I'm sure he wished he would have stayed with the Ravens, but who would have thought? Like, the Ravens looked like a team rebuild mode when he left, right? Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I remember Suggs was even very outspoken last year about this is Joe's team. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it yeah. was like a fractured locker room in there. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, which I don't, we, we wouldn't have to worry about that with him coming back. It wouldn't be fractured. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Do you think he would say the same comments about, I won't play for anyone, but the Ravens, if the Ravens weren't, if the Ravens were three and five or three and whatever. Oh, like you not know, in like, the playoff. Yeah. Three and I, uh, what is it? 12. Yeah. Like yeah. It, I mean, I'm sure it adds to the appeal, right? That, that, I bet. I mean, I could still see him wanting to retire as a Raven, right, and play his last games as a, as a Raven. Oh, so even yeah, I think even if we had a losing record, he would still I guess. want to end his career with the Ravens. Right. I could see that. I guess so. I guess the Ravens just wouldn't want to pay the three hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, were losing. Um, you're right because he would. He's whether he makes it here or not, he's coming back and doing the one day retire as a Raven. He's going into yeah. Ring of Honor and the all that. Yeah, he's a yeah. Raven. Yep. Yep. He is a Raven. So, uh, any, so what do you think the chances are of it happening? Uh, I would put it at 10%. Uh, that's what I was going with. I was thinking the same thing, 10%. Uh, yeah. I, I think, think there's a high percent chance that someone else picks him up. I think there's a very high chance Tennessee picks him up. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. And I I, that's like if I had to pick a team, that's the one I would pick because I think yeah. he might say, okay, and play with them. Yeah. So. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, good show, Josh. Appreciate Ryan Blake coming on, talking about the winter meetings. What I think is true. Everyone just is in the bar the entire time at winter meetings. All right. I knew right. It. There's a plan, chance to go drink together. Yeah. I guess this whatever GM can stay the soberest is able to make the best trades. I don't know how that works. I don't know. It was fun that they actually made moves this year, though. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, a bunch of guys got signed. All the big guys got signed. Um, I saw a report just before we went on the show that Madison, Madison Bumgarner is closing in on a deal with the uh, Diamondbacks. Uh, Kluber that. was just traded to the Rangers. So that's it. I think last year was the anomaly with nothing happening for a while. Right. And uh, did we talk? I guess we probably talked last week about Bundy's trade. Yeah, getting four pitchers back for Bundy. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of pitchers, man. They've got two more in the Rule 5 draft. Elias getting some pitchers into the system. All right. So, hey, next week is our uh, our Christmas episode. And we're going yes. rec- to record it together. I'll be back up with, in Maryland. With Bert, hopefully, too. <laughs> I don't know. I heard, Bert's, I heard Bert's coming to Florida for Christmas. I don't know anything about that. So, I, I don't – I'm not – we'll reach out to Bert. I don't know where he's at. We'll try. I thought he was going after Christmas. Maybe so. All right, so maybe we can record before Christmas with Bert. Yeah, we'll tie him down or something. We'll see how it goes. I am 
not, it was uh, 75 degrees today for Florida Christmas, so I'm not looking forward to coming to you, back to your cold okay. weather. It was today, it was, actually. It was, I think, in the upper 40s, so it was actually warm today. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll make sure to bring a sweatshirt or two. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, well, uh, go ahead and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just search Section 336. You can follow me on Twitter, Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Roca. And also, thanks again for Ryan Blake coming on the show. You can find Ryan Blake on Twitter. Um, Rye Guy Blake. And then also Orioles Fan Problems. That's to go ahead and follow him. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Oats. And go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans... Bye, fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.